All right, welcome to Inside Flicks. This is a movie discussion podcast. Uh, my name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. We normally talk about movies or talk about the movies we watched, but in this episode, we're going to talk. We're just going to give our really quick reactions to the Oscars. Uh, Oscars aired a couple days ago. Uh, some of the heat has died off as as uh, as we record this, but I still want to hear your reactions, your guys' reactions, because. Uh, it was a pretty much conventional Oscars this year until a certain point. <laughs> and let's just start with that. Let's start with the big, big upset. In which Well, no, let me let me ask you guys about something else about the Oscars because I didn't actually watch it. Oh, you watched just clips online? No, I didn't even watch clips. So, <laughs> how, how, how did they... How did they do the ceremony this year? Like, was it was it all like a, like a Zoom thing or? No, no Zoom at all. That's that was a big. Um, you know, they wanted to make a big presentation for it in. And was uh, everyone like gathered up together? Uh yeah they 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 oh it, they 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 test everyone right yeah oh yeah and um all the U S the or at least most of the U S uh, uh actors um showed up to the L A. Uh, I think it was the train, the L.A. train, uh, the famous train stop, whatever, the, the, that damn thing, whatever, in the, in the, you know, where they shot, like, a bunch of movies at. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was different locations. There was one in L.A., there was one in London, there was one in... Australia, where Sasha Baron Cohen was. was there, yeah, so there was different kind of uh, uh, stations where they cut to live, uh, you know, just just they, they would cut to different uh, locations around the world. For those for those who couldn't couldn't make it to L.A., was there a, a station in uh, in New York? There could have been. I'm not sure though. Did it feel like one of the like the the Oscars like from like the 80s or something like that? Because whenever I see clips from those, like those always felt like much smaller. I, it felt like more kind of like a Golden Globes presentation, like a smaller version of that. Very intimate. Very everyone, yeah, especially with the the seating that they chose to go yeah. with. It looked it very much looked like a, either a comedy club or like maybe a, a nice uh, uh, restaurant or some kind <laughs> with a big stage. And now, was was it worth it? No, I don't know. They it, could have they could have easily put it in the Kodak theater and they just have them seating, you know, with a bunch of tape <laughs> between them uh, and just like you know. No, I mean, was the whole was the whole ceremony worth it? Was the Oscars worth it? Like, I I'm still kind of of the mindset of like they should have probably just pushed it all back to next year. This oh no 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 I think oh, it no, back, the yeah the, the pushing the, it back two months is, is kind of kind of a weird move. No, the show must go on. No, it's 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 who cares? It's 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 been a solid year. Yeah, I think uh, the films that came out in 2020 has all been pretty good. There's been a I lot agree. worse during I the agree. last past. I agree. I agree with that, but if they combined it with uh, whatever we get from next year, because the pandemic's still kind oh. of going on yeah. in a way. Yeah. So if they kind of combined it with this year, then we, 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 we would have ended up getting nominated. Well, we would have probably got like a whole like maybe 12 nominations, and they would have all been like really, really great movies. No, they would never go to. To, to twelve or whatever, no, they won't. They won't I mean, even they go made, ten. I mean, they made. I mean, they made some pretty weird moves. Um, 
I mean, pushing it back two months is, a, is, is I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's an odd move. I think that was a bad idea to push it back to April. I mean, I think they should have just kept it because uh, usually it's in February. They also pushed back eligibility uh, by two months. I think that's a bad idea too. I mean, I think the, the, the films that came out in 2020 was good enough. I don't think you, I don't think the, I agree. I don't think the, the the films that came out in January and February. I mean, Judah, Judas and the Black Messiah was probably the one that benefited on on pushing those. Uh, yeah, definitely the, the, most. The Which Oscar did that win? A lot. It won the oh, best won supporting uh, actor for D- uh, Daniel Kalula and mm-hmm. uh, okay, best song. Deserved. But it won another big one, right? Didn't it win another big award? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, best song, best song. Yeah, yeah best it, song. I said that. But I think uh, you know, for the most part of this, for the ceremonies, I was actually very pleased with the with the with how how it went. Uh, I was it was pretty boring. I mean, that's I mean that's what the Oscars are is. It's just yep. this nice boring little kind of ceremony. I don't understand why people think it's going to be bigger than it than in, than it really is because in reality, it's really just a bunch of celebrities just patting themselves on the back and. The, I think, do you think they should make it smaller, get, get smaller every year? I think so. I mean, for me, I would have loved that. I, I had no problems with this. The only problem was, was that, you know, the best actor category, which was a really, a, a real bummer to end the the, the, the night with. But um, I feel like the Oscars uh, used to be so much more successful back in, back in the day because uh, people really just loved celebrities and i think we've gotten to a point now in in this whole digital age where people just don't give a damn about celebrities i mean they don't give about the glamour anymore of the of these celebrities i don't think they could that's that's all been wiped away yeah all and i think that's actually kind of a good thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i too i i mean but i think that's what people get confused when they say oh people uh, hate the rate you know the ratings because this this year was so low the ratings uh, i think it made 10 million uh, it made uh, it was watched by 10 million people, which was like the lowest ratings of uh, Oscars ever since uh, since the 70s. And um, I think people confuse that with like th- that saying that the nominees is is his fault. It's because the Oscars are the the popularity of the Oscars has always been about the glamour. What is she wearing? What is this person's wearing? What is that? You know, this whole kind of uh, Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this dream of becoming a, uh, it's like kind of, it's kind of like being a prince or a princess for a day. And, uh, I think people forget about that. It's not necessarily, it hasn't, ne- I mean, I think the popularity of the Oscars has never been about the movies. It's always been about the celebrity life. Yeah. And, but because of Instagram and because of t- Twitter, uh, people are much more, uh, familiar with the personal life of, of their favorite actress or actor. So, Oscars has become obsolete because of that, but um, I don't know. Rich, what's your what's your reactions to the Oscars this year? Uh, the winners, or just the whole evening, the whole the way it was shot, and I mean, this was executive co co executive produced by uh, Steven Sildenberg. Apparently, he brought in some new ideas about how this was shot more in. 24 uh, frames per second, which give it more a cinematic look. It had a yeah, different... he said it was going to be like a movie. So what was your, what's your reactions to just watching it live? Well, the only take that I saw about Soderbergh's was the beginning, the opening, and that was it. I mean, uh, his opening and, and the show itself was, was, um, poorly done. I mean, oh, you, it was so very, you, didn't, you didn't like I, it. I didn't like, um, the, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, 
uh, Questlove uh, oh, DJing. Do, doing the DJ, yeah. Yeah, for an Oscars situation, uh, this is a pandemic Oscar, so this this one has to get a pass no matter what. Mm-hmm. So this is not the this is not the true Oscars to me. This is just you know, twenty twenty one. This is I mean we'll go back to it eventually, the orchestra and all that stuff. So um, oh yeah, but, but with Questlove as a DJ as the as the yeah as t- in in replace of an orchestra, it really felt like a backyard dinner party <laughs> yeah it, it could have very well been a barbecue yeah um but that probably added it to that nightclub feel right yeah um no i, I had problems with the uh the uh the ceremony itself mm-hmm. um the uh the i don't know how many how many uh, oscars are given away that night but there, there's way too many of them you mean really too many categories they make a technical uh, Academy Awards um, presentations, uh, you know, a week but, beforehand. Yeah, and it's called the tech technical. That to me is sound. Mm-hmm. That to me is a special effects, makeup. Why do we have it? Those three in or whatever in uh, in in the in the main stage. Why do we have? Why do we care about the short films? Nobody cares about the short films. I, I care about the short films. Who cares about you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about the short yeah, films. No one cares about the short films. That should be in the technical. That I mean, uh, so who makes the cut? I'm saying borderline the production design. That could easily be going uh, either I, I way think to that's me. Kind of a porn. I know. Either way, that that's the only one that could go either way. Oh, okay. well, how do you feel about sound mixing? And uh, no, no, and those sounds sounds all, all gone. Tech. Those are technical awards. But not regular editing, right? Not regular editing. Editing, editing. yes. Editing is the, the editing is one of them. It should go along with the director, and okay. th- those two stick together. Cinematography, Screen, screenwriting, yes. cinematography, system. cinematography goes around with the director also. So okay. I like those three. I'm not. I'm not. I'm borderline on the production design. All, how about the all, so all the short films? They, they go to tech. Production design is so important. Short films should have gone go. gone a long time ago. Ten years ago should have been written. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with them. Yeah, and. Uh, because a lot of times we don't even have access to those movies. Yeah. Uh, or, best uh, documentary. What do you think about that? That one is also an iffy um, category to me, but it goes along with the international now. So mm. that's fine. Okay. Uh, some Part of me wants to get rid of the animation because I'll always mm. pick her anyway. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's a bad idea either to get rid of the animation because it's, yeah, there's limited... There's limited uh, nominations for that category. Yeah. It's, it's Pixar... Or it's, it's it's always Disney. It's I, always I, di- and hell. It's, if it's a bad year, sometimes all the nominations for an animation will be not worthy of an Oscar. Yeah, it, one will get it. Yeah, well, Spider uh, Spider Man in the in the universe, whatever that thing was. That was the, the only one in like the whole decade, right? No, that's that was Pixar, right? It wasn't Pixar, or probably. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I read an article. I read an article on CartoonBrew.com. Cartoon Brew mm-hmm. is this kind of uh, big time. Uh, animation uh, blog and they wrote a this really great uh, article about how why should we care about the oscars when the academy members don't uh and and they, they in the article they basically say that it's it's pretty much predicted uh disney's gonna win disney's have has won this category 12 times in 14 years and, mo- and basically it was trying to say that uh in this article that it's basically because the academy members don't really care or at least don't they don't uh, appreciate animation as a 
art form. It's really and really when it comes down to it, they don't really watch all the uh, uh, films in that category. And usually they just ask their kids, "What's your favorite movie this year?" And then yeah. they go with that. So I agree with you. Unless they these guys will take the, you know some of these categories very seriously or put some uh, regular uh, rules and say that you have to watch every movie in this category to in order to vote. Uh, maybe that would help, but uh, um, most of the time they, it's about, uh, and then that's the problem with the with the academy members. They usually just go, who who's popular this year? What is the buzz? I'm going I'm going to vote for the buzz than for actually voting for the what's what's uh, who deserves it, I guess. But um, but that's the problem with every year. It's not this is not a 2020 issue. It's been this kind of issue for many years for the academy awards. Uh, the the big controversy was that other than you know the best uh, actor category was that uh, it didn't have any uh, film clips. They didn't show any film clips at yeah. all. Right. What, you, what what's your thoughts on that, Rich? Yeah, that's fine with me. Really? <laughs> I mean, well, it, it, just 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 in this occasion because they didn't they didn't used to always be film clips. Oh yes, they did. Yes, they did. Not all the time. I mean, I mean, there was one year where they they did it like this year, where they had one actor talk about each category. I remember like uh, Colin Farrell was nominated for best actor for I forgot which one, and then they had Jeremy Renner come on the stage to talk about <laughs> giving this like weird oh, kind of speech. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. just did the SWAT together. Yeah. I go, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I've seen a lot of clips of like old Oscars and stuff, like probably from like the eighties and stuff, and they'll just like put. Pu- pull up a picture of the actor no that's at the end that's at the oh, that's 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 when they're about to announce the uh the winner that's when they put the photo up of their piece never mind that <laughs> wow so they got rid of all that stuff and it was still over three hours well they they let they didn't have any well i guess quest love was told not to uh interrupt them with music or whatever they're not not to w- their play anyone off with yeah. their exception speeches yeah right they, uh they were given pretty much uh anytime they wanted to full reign yeah for for whatever they oh, wanted no. to say yeah i actually i like that idea i mean because we got some really good uh uh, re- uh speeches out of it i mean uh, um yeah, they probably uh, told him uh, ahead of time not to go political. Otherwise, we'll, we'll cut you for that. But um, other than that, I mean, it was just straight, uh, you know, regular speeches. Mm-hmm. Just, um, you know, but once they go to paper, they go, oh, no. <laughs> oh, is there anything that you liked about this this year, Rich? That I liked? Just yeah. the uh, um, Best Supporting Actress, the Minari. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean... She was the best win for me the whole night. I mean, she had a good, she had a good uh, speech also. Uh, yeah, I think that was a great moment of the night. It's it was strangely kind of spread out. Everyone kind of got uh, their awards. I mean, you know, Netflix got their awards. Every kind of uh, studio got their own awards. You know, there was no kind of big um, upset other than the best actor. So let's get, let's talk about the best actor. Yeah, I didn't like the the uh, the move back on the uh, the best actor category, and yeah, I thought right that was that. I thought that was totally ridiculous. That um, backfired. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I guess they didn't they didn't even know about the category itself. But to to have that behind, I mean, to to push that. First of all, I hated Best Picture. I mean, uh, I wasn't going for Nomadland at all. Mm-hmm. You went uh, Minori uh, to win? Yeah, I was with Minori all the way. Mm-hmm. 
And um, but I like I like uh, Minari more, but I I was happy that No Man Land won. It was I think still it was either those two. I think for me, I mean, I I was perf- perfectly fine if either of those films won this. Like, I, I liked I I like Minari more, but No Man Land feels more like the type of movie that um uh is that doesn't win an Oscar or stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I didn't, I didn't really have any problems with who who won except the the best actor. And let's talk about the best actor because everyone thought Wait, it was... you 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 didn't you didn't you're upset about Anthony Hopkins winning? No, no, let, let, let's no, talk about uh, it. Let's talk okay. about it because uh, best actor was everyone thought that Chadwick Boseman was going to win this. Yeah, I thought it was going to be him too. Yeah, pretty much he was almost the lock. If if anyone in this year, he was the lock to win the best yeah. actor. And Anthony Hopkins, uh, I disagree. Okay, whatever. But Anthony Hopkins uh, ended up winning, uh, surprised everyone, because uh, it's a film that I think a lot, I don't think a lot of people have seen so far. I mean, it's only that's a bit- why that's a big part of the reason why it surprised me because I'm because the father I thought was like such a like low key movie that a lot of people haven't even gotten around to checking out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, what's your when you f- saw that that uh, it went to Anthony Hopkins? What what was your first thoughts? Yeah, I was going, oh damn, this is. <laughs> This is this is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> I, I felt sorry for Anthony Hopkins. I mean, I I knew he was gonna get a lot of shit for it, but um, yeah, I saw the father, and it, it's it's a great performance, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. That's 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 one of his greatest performances in, in his career. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. But um, I think it might even be his best performance. The only problem is that on, on this category is Chadwick Boseman deserved it for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom's performance, but he deserved it for supporting actor. So that's oh, what that's, I wouldn't yeah. say. I wouldn't say that. I but, would mm-hmm. say Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya should have been um, best yeah. actor category. Oh, for Judas. So he lost only because Netflix pushed him for best actor when he should have been supporting mm-hmm. role. He would have been a lock in supporting role, so that's 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 role. Netflix's fault. I mean, that's that's Chadwick would have been a lock for. I think he was almost a locked in best actor category too. No, right? no, no. You know, I mean, no. you could easily no, said that. No, he's a lock for no. best supporting actor for Ma Rainey's. There's no reason for him to be best actor in that role. Well, I remember watching Ma Rainey's and going, "Wow, he's he's not a supporting actor. I guess he he is a he is." It's a, a short film. True, but he is in part. He's a major part of that movie. More, even I would say even more. But how so could you than, say that Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya? How could you say those two oh, are best supporting actors? I, 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 I don't. I mean, that's that's WB's idea to push yeah. them to best supporting actor. I mean, I think this is. Raymond, you want to talk about how Anthony Hopkins uh, gives one of the best performances of his career in in, in, in the Father? Uh, well, well, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think it might possibly be his be his best performance. I mean, I think his his two best performances have have got to be. Um, I mean, his two most iconic performances or his most iconic performance has to be Hannibal Lecter, and you know, and another great one from him is like um, uh, in in the Elephant Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, I and I I really think that you know his his performance in the father is better than like all of those performances better better than every performance and that I've ever seen from him and um, I, I I didn't think he was going to win I thought it was going to be I thought Shadwick was a was a lock but I, always, I but I kind of I kind of wanted Anthony Hopkins to win 
Um, and I, I was actually really happy, but also kind of like scared. <laughs> like it, it was like I had two, 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 two thoughts going through my mind, I guess, because I was I was really happy because I think he deserved it. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, oh, no, man, I know I know. I know that I know the internet's going to react very negatively to this. I know I know this is going to get a very bad uh and it did for a couple reaction of days. online. It did it for a couple of days as we record now. It's has that stuff has died down a lot. Uh Andy Hawkins That's has good. come out and he he recorded cuz he was he didn't go to the Oscars. He he was at home in Wales and he recorded a message on Instagram where he Staying kind of safe. Yeah, he's being saved. And he came out and really kind of praised Chadwick Boseman in his speech there. Chadwick Boseman's brother has come out and said that uh, Chadwick himself probably wouldn't care about this category. He was not in it for uh, awards. He was in it for just the love of acting. Boseman's family has kind of tempered the, 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 the flames a little bit. I think people should take their anger um, towards Netflix yes. or, or, or Sony Pictures Classics. But anyway, it was a, a big bummer of the night, and uh, I would have wanted to see Chadwick Boseman win this award. But, I mean, there, there's nothing we could do about it. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Hopkins won. And it's not that he doesn't deserve it, but uh, um, it, it's it's just a, just a big bummer. Yeah. Um, now, anything else? I mean, anything else that, that, that sucked? I mean, other than, uh, yeah, I got something. Uh, my octopus teacher. <laughs> what the yeah. F? What the F? What the hell is that, man? Yeah, I, 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 really, I gotta watch it. I gotta. I gotta start. I no, gotta, no. This is for best do- is best documentary. It's a, it's a. It was going up against a lot of uh, heavy hitters in that category, but my Oct- octopus teacher, which is a Netflix documentary, won. And I go. Oh, B. Crip Camp. Yeah, and Crip- Collective. Now it's about a guy who has a relationship with an octopus. <laughs> And did uh, is it really shape of water kind of shit? I don't know. Did he does he have sex with this octopus? I don't know. No, it's I think it's about a a, a diver. Uh, uh, I'm assuming an oceanographer some of some kind who keeps going down and kind of has uh, he locates this octopus and he has uh, he just starts. Uh, uh, he has a relationship with him. I guess the octopus starts to uh, uh, recognize him because he's he's down there all the time, and that's the whole documentary or something. And I I don't know what why this is this one. I have no clue. Uh, it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. I don't know if I want to see it. I mean, uh, it sounds so boring well, I, to me. But uh, I watch I watch the first ten minutes to see if it if it's crazy or not. Well, uh, but yeah, but it's the. Critics really like these type of documentaries. I mean, that have just a guy going out and <laughs> exploring nature. Because I mean, the last year was it last year uh, or maybe was it two years ago? It was a free solo. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's one. true. And, yeah, and yeah. that's also kind of just like a person. I, I even though I think that one was more interesting. <laughs> Uh, then my octopus t-shirt this just sounds weird and i'm looking at i'm looking at the pictures online like of the poster of the of the my octopus teacher and it really looks like a parody it doesn't <laughs> doesn't even it doesn't look like a real movie and it, it actually looks like a, a parody for a romantic novel you know you remember those romantic novels from like the, the 90s it looks like the cover for one of those but a parody version <laughs> Uh, final word. Final words on on Oscar night, Rich. No, no reason whatsoever to be over three hours. 
<laughs> and no, no reason, reason to get angry at Anthony Hawkins. If anyone, no, if no anything, reason. he didn't want to win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final words uh, about the Oscars, Raymond. Um, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Okay, so we just finished our Oscar talk. Now we're going to talk about our favorite movies of 2020. And, uh, you know, we should have done this a while back, but it took a while for us to f- kind of watch every movie, all the all the acclaimed movies of 2020. And uh, and we had never really compiled our list. And I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing what uh, or hearing what Richard has to say and what Raymond has to say. And uh, let's start with honorable mentions and... Uh, I'll start with just some of the biggest surprises of of 2020, the films that I thought were good and should have would have made my list, but just because of whatever, I didn't make it. And uh, let me start with a movie that I, I was really surprised at how good it was. Uh, Love and Monsters, which is this apocalyptic uh, film mm-hmm. uh, that's available, I think now on VOD and um uh, with it stars Dylan O'Brien and it's a very fun kind of uh, apocalyptic monster movie. I had be- I have a better time watching that that movie than let's say God or Godzilla versus Kong. And another no way kind of- you're crazy. <laughs> Did you watch Good, uh, Love and Monsters? Yeah, it was pretty good, but I didn't have anywhere near as much fun with that than I did Godzilla vs. Kong. Crazy. Oh, well, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I did too, and I, I did have it in my honorable mentions as well. Another film I, I was really surprised was a Christmas a Christmas movie, a Netflix <laughs> musical, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. I, did, I didn't think I was going to like this. I was very shocked that I, I liked it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this would have made my list, the top 10 list. It wasn't that close but i was very shocked that i liked it a lot it surprised me one of the one of the few films that surprised me of 2020 uh 40 year old version this is a netflix comedy uh, about uh uh, a 40 year old uh, black female uh playwright who who's trying to readjust her career and uh very funny a very very much like a spike lee flavor uh was on my top ten for a while, but then it, it dropped. And uh, but well, Rich, what's some of your honorable mentions? Oh, that was it for you. Uh, yeah, I got some more. But uh, well, like you, I put Love and Monsters on my list. Okay, that's on on your honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Okay, yeah, that could easily be number ten, maybe even number nine. But uh, I give it to my honorable list. Uh, uh, another one was um, David Cronenberg's Sons uh, Possessor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's. It was I I don't really like horror that much, but that one was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, I was really impressed by it. Didn't make your list though. Didn't make my list, but it was really close. And another one that um, was nearly in my list uh, is Spontaneous. Mm, yeah, that's the one we recently saw for a second time, and I, I really didn't expect to like it as much the second time, but I did. It's a good movie. I still need to see that one. Yeah, and. Uh, I care a lot. Oh, okay. That's on my list of uh, on mentor. That's uh, the twenty twenty one. That's uh, if it's if we're going by Oscar rules. It, yeah, wasn't it in the category to be uh, nominated I, I or whatever? Doesn't matter. Go, 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 keep going. Is that that's it with your list? One more. Okay, that's it. One more, and that's it. All right. The half of it. The half. Oh, the Netflix kind of teen yes. comedy. Yeah, it was like a dramedy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was very good, and it, it was I was. It was borderline 10 to me, yeah. So, yeah, that's my, you know. A 10 for you? Bo- you know, borderline, you know, could have been easily even a 10 if my, in the, yeah. in the top 10. Oh, I thought you made like a 10 out of 10. I'm like, really? No, no, no. Top 10, yeah. 
Uh, okay. Raymond, what's your honorable mentions? Okay. Um, well, I, I made I, every year I make a list. So I have a list of uh, 93 movies. So I'll just <laughs> no, 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 just five. Right now. <laughs> I know. I'm, jo- I'm joking. Uh, I'll I'll go through I'll go through five. Um, uh, number 15 for me was uh, Color Out of Space. The um, oh yeah, Nicol- mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage, yes. um, Richard Stanley movie. Uh, it's a phenomenal horror film. If you I mean want to hear more of our thoughts on it, I mean we reviewed it. So That's true. That out. Uh, number fourteen is actually a movie I just watched uh, yesterday. Oh, uh, and that's um, a- another round. Um, oh, just uh, won a couple Oscars also. Um, Best, yeah. ex- excellent, excellent film. Um, uh, very entertaining, and um, Mad Mads Mikkelsen gives a outstanding performance. And uh, yeah, it's true. Thought it, I, I was I was very surprised by it because I, I actually wasn't really looking forward to the movie really at all. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of like this obligation watch. I just need to get, I need to cross it off the list. <laughs> it's on Hulu right um, now, so anyone can watch. Yeah, it's it. on Hulu. Check it out. It, it's 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 really good. I, I'd say it starts off a little slow in the beginning. Um, at first, I was like, "Where is this going?" But <laughs> but once once there's like a di- a dinner scene at the movie really just it's en- entertaining from there on and and that dinner scene's pretty early on also so it it's it's a good watch uh that's number 14 for me number 13 um is uh a, m- a movie that both of you guys uh hated actually <laughs> <laughs> number 13 for me is the the Kena Staten Island oh uh, yeah 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 i didn't hate it no we didn't hate it i hated uh, it i hated everything no it's a uh, Jed Apatow's new movie um about uh Loosely based on Pete Davidson's life, um, it's really good. Um, I think it's one of Judd Apatow's best films, and um, yeah, it's number thirteen on my list. Number twelve, um, also one a movie I wasn't uh, necessarily excited for. I, I didn't know I was going to like this one, but um, once I ran, finally got around to watching it, um, I was blown away by how good it was. And that's uh, Amazon's One Night in Miami. Mm, uh, I didn't make list. No, I didn't because I, I I caught up with a couple movies and it, it, yeah, didn't. But uh, yeah, it's number twelve uh, is it's really good. Uh, number eleven uh, for me is um, Promising Young Woman. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, well deserving of its uh, of its screenplay win. Uh, that's big big part of the reason why it's um, this high on my list. Um, it's an excellent movie. Oh, okay, that's uh, five. That's uh, real quick. I just want to mention a couple of movies that uh, I I just want to mention. Uh, hashtag Alive, which is a Korean horror zombie movie that's on Netflix. I thought that was really really good. Oh yeah yeah that that was good. Uh, I like that. I haven't even heard of that. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's a Korean zombie movie. Uh, um, Beats. Beats is a really good Scottish film. It's a it takes place in the in the nineties. It's a, about uh, party crews. It's about <laughs> uh, it's about a rave. It's about this rave culture in the nineties, uh, but uh, set in in Scotland. And I think Steven Sildenberg was a producer on this, or at least he presented it. And uh, a really good film. Uh, didn't make my list. Um, and the 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 one that was very close to making my list, but didn't make it, was a movie called Shit House. This reminded me like a Richard Linklater film or a. Um, or a Duplass film. Yeah. Very Duplass. much a Duplass film, very much like a mumblecore, but a really good mumblecore film. It's set in the college, and it's about this college uh, uh, freshman who's just very, very much homesick, and it's just really him struggling to, to become, you know, just getting used to the college life, 
uh, living a, in a dorm for the fir- and living on his own for the first time away from his family. I thought it was a really kind of sensitive, a very kind of uh, a very R- Richard Linklater type of kind of coming of age film. Uh, yeah. So let's get into our top 10 list. Should we go? What? How we should do this? Let's just go three by three. Uh, 10, 9, 8, and then 7, 6, 5. And then when, once we go to 4, we go by 1. Okay. Uh, my number 10 pick, this movie is very s- simple action drama, and, and, and it has very little character development, which is fine with me. It has enough to empathize with the main cast. And out of the two Tom Hanks films that came out in 2020, this is the one I prefer. And my number 10 pick is Greyhound, which is now available, or which is only available on Apple TV. Uh, it's a film that I really enjoyed a lot, uh, and uh, yeah, okay. And uh, it's and I found myself really on my edge of edge of my seat and most of the time of uh, watching Greyhound. Uh, number nine, my number nine pick. I don't think this ever happened to me, but watching this movie made me made me reevaluate another movie, a movie that I kind of regard as a masterpiece. This is a making of film about oh. the making of the screenplay for Orson Welles' Citizen Kane. And I think it does a really good job of kind of uh, uh, presenting this argument that screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz uh, deserves more credit, or at least he deserves uh, to be just uh, on the same level as Orson Welles as, you know, co-creator of this this uh, movie. And it's my number nine mm-hmm. pick is Mank. This this took me tw- a good 20 minutes to get used to, to what uh, D- David Fincher was doing here, because uh, this is a really kind of a co- complete reproduction of a, of a 1940s film. The black and white photography, this you know, this, even the dialogue, even the soundtrack, performance, you know, that, the performances, but the soundtrack because it, f- it sounds like everything was recorded in a, in a bathtub, <laughs> so it was very jarring at first. But I was really kind of uh, impressed and and dazzled by Fincher's uh, determination, his like his his determination to re- replicate a like this vintage Hollywood aesthetic. It took a studio like Netflix, it took a director like David Fincher. And it took, you know, this is a passion project for him. His father, his late father, who died many years ago, wrote the screenplay. And it, this was, you know, I, I think this is a special movie. This is also a movie for for film geeks. My number eight pick. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that this didn't get as much praise because I think it this has one of the best acting of an ensemble cast of any any film in 2020. I suppose uh, Shia LaBeouf's personal life didn't help it, <laughs> and it might have damaged the film's promotional campaign, and definitely, definitely its chances of some award recognition. Uh, but uh, yeah, my number eight pick is Pieces of a Woman. This is a Netflix original, and uh, yeah, I think this is a beautiful tr- or beautifully crafted tragic drama uh, about the kind of the emotional collapse of a family following following this kind of personal tragedy. Uh, I think uh, Vanessa um, Kirby, Kirby, mm-hmm. Vanessa Kirby did an extraordinary job uh, as a pregnant woman. I mean, the first ten minutes, maybe even twenty minutes, is like this one shot of her in labor and we watch her go into labor and watch her give birth really dramatic stuff there. And, 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 and what, in the aftermath of the, this, this thing that happens, uh, it's just, you know, we, it's, it's I, I, I was really, really captivated by, by everything about how this, this is really, it was really this quiet darkness that surrounds the film and surrounds this family and it's set in Boston and set in the winter, which visually brought brought in this kind of magical realism. And um, 
I, yeah. I, I, I like the, I love this movie a lot. I, I did, I did as well, and I almost put it in my honorable mentions. And I agree, Vanessa Kirby did a fantastic job. Shia LaBeouf even did very well. Yeah, but Ellen Burstyn is the one that yeah. uh, should have gotten nominated for best supporting actress. Absolutely, she, agree. she, she, she delivered one hell of a line there in that movie that that she should be uh, proud of in that movie. Uh, Rich, what's your uh, first three films on your top ten list? Or what's well, your what's your okay? Oh, your ten to eight, yeah. My number ten is, uh, I guess it's my only uh, action flick of my top ten, and uh, well, there, there's another one, maybe a little bit, uh, but uh, my top ten is Extraction. <laughs> I cannot. I, it was. It's been in my top ten for a whole, almost over a year now, and and I couldn't. I couldn't keep. I couldn't kick it off. I loved it. I loved the action in it. Yeah. I was not. I was not expecting to to uh, to keep it on my top ten forever, and it, it barely made it. <laughs> it's it's ten. That's, and, a, that's a Netflix original. Yeah, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Chris, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the one that that uh, uh, that's my John Wick of the year or whatever. Okay. That's the one, whatever. And my number nine is also is uh the the funny movie of the year I guess you could say uh, Borat two. That's oh. the, I'm not going through the whole thing. It's just the sequel. Borat the sequel. <laughs> the whole title of the whole yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course you know it. It's it's it was it, it was it was one of the best sequels you know I've seen in a long time. So yeah, it's it it it's, it holds up with the first one. Um, and it's good enough for it's good enough for nine for me. And my number eight is The White Tiger. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which we re- reviewed also. Didn't we review it? Yeah, we re- <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tw- is it a twenty twenty one movie though? Is it? <laughs> it's fine. I mean it's too late now, but Yeah, it was uh, nominated for Best Picture or whatever it was nominated for the screenplay. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I mean I would have put I mean I kept my picks on twenty twenty, but that's fine. I don't care. I would have uh, probably put down my list as well because I really love that film too, The White Tiger. Uh, it's now available on Netflix, so uh, watch it. Uh, that was your eight. That was my eight. All right, Raymond, what's your uh, d- uh, your picks? Uh, ten to eight. Okay, uh, my number ten is, uh, and I'll, also I want to add that uh, Pieces of a Woman also just barely uh, missed my honorable mentions. I had it at number sixteen. Okay, uh, great movie. Uh, but yeah. Um, my number ten is the father, uh, Anthony mm. Hopkins movie. Um, I, I I really love this movie. It's really just um, uh, it's just Anthony Hopkins movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And while and while you can definitely argue that the the movie like makes a a bunch of kind of like cheap choices in um and trying to make the audience kind of understand what dementia is like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i still i still feel it's probably the most uh any movie has ever gone to um to um just comprehending what it's like or uh just the confusion and and the and the i don't think i don't think any i don't think any movie i've seen before uh really ever went to that extent to just uh just show what it's like and um and I appreciated it because it really, I think it really just, um, I think it just elevated uh, Anthony Hopkins' performance. And um, I, I, again, I think this is uh, just 
just one of the best one of the best performances ever really it's 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 incredible performance yeah what i really liked about his performance was that he didn't play him like kind of conventionally if there's you know if you could play someone with dementia conventional but what i really liked was that he was a proud man and that he he was acting himself in a lot of ways he was putting this front where he he was thinking he was hoping hoping that people around him thought he was normal, although he kind of, you know that he doesn't know what's going on. And I think that's such a complicated way to act and to per- to perform it like that. Yeah, it, it, outstanding performance. I mean, truly, it, it made me sad watching him give this performance because it's like, oh, no, it's Anthony Hopkins like getting get, getting up there. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> it's that believable. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, that, yeah. it's that good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so what's your next? Um, Oh yeah, my number nine. Um, my number nine is uh, Borat's subsequent movie film. Um, mm. I love this movie. I don't think it's quite as funny as the original Borat, but I think it's actually kind of a better movie. It has a better story. It, it it's more focused, and it's still really damn funny. And Borat is really like the best in its genre. It's also just not just like the best in its like a, and it's a mockumentary genre, but it's also just one of the best comedies ever made period and for the sequel to be like just as good it's a huge accomplishment and um yeah number nine and uh number eight for me is a movie that i think was very snubbed at the oscars maybe it got a couple nominations but um i don't i don't i don't remember seeing any for it and it's one of the best movies of the year it was much higher on my list earlier this year and some um, spike lee's the five blood mm, yeah yeah, incredible film. Uh, yeah, De- Delroy Lindo De- well, yeah. at least should have at least been nominated. Uh, well, but, yeah, at least should he should have been nominated. But uh, great movie. It's my number eight. I'll do my list seven six to f- my uh, seven to five. I guess that's how you want to go, Rich. Seven six five. Yeah, seven six five. All right. So number seven, my seventh pick. Wow. Well, <laughs> all right. So this guy came in. Came in watching this movie with really kind of bad intentions. I heard that this was shamelessly feminist, you know, a shamelessly a feminist revenge film that critics were kind of raving about at Sundance that year. And like over the years, I kind of find myself kind of totally dismissing the Sundance buzz because I found myself that uh, I, I found myself most of the time not agreeing agreeing with the critics and like frankly with the people that go to Sundance. <laughs> they 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 are kind of like. You know this upper middle class crowd they're like kind of easily dazzled by message movies or genre based movies that tend to be very weak or at least at least all kind of like movies that have a lot of they're they're, they're all show but no substance really and i i just don't you know i just that's the that's the 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 state of criticism nowadays i just don't really kind of believe them <laughs> you know <laughs> and so i really you know so i was reluctant when watching this and but i glad i'm i'm, I'm glad i did and if all feminist films were like this or even all films were like this i'd be a very happy moviegoer uh because you know and pardon the pun this movie has balls <laughs> this movie was fearless in its choices and it provoked thought it made me kind of re-examine my own feelings uh, on certain uh Mis, uh, misogynistic tropes and uh, I think it was a very very clever script my number seven pick promising young woman um, my number six pick is a film that I reviewed uh, a, probably a year ago 
like uh, I think we reviewed this last summer. It's a film that I totally identify with. I empathize with the main character in this film. Um, and it was mostly filmed in the slums of Mexico and set against uh, underground dance culture called Cumbia, I believe. And uh, it's my, my number six pick. It's I'm No Longer Here. This is a Netflix original film. It's a Span- Spanish-language film that from uh, that comes from this rising Mexican filmmaker, Fernando Frias, who, oddly enough, also directed uh, the entire first season of the Spanish HBO horror comedy series Los Spookies, which is, I think, co-created by uh, Fred Armisen. So it's a very kind of quirky horror comedy not, not I'm no longer here. <laughs> yeah, which is nothing like I'm no longer here, which is a totally just a slice of life drama about exile. And um, it's about kind of like dr- being driven out of your homeland. And it kind of subverts, subverts your typical American notion of an immigrant story. It's not, see, it's not really kind of a typical American immigrant story. It, this is about the inner feelings of a young man with no home. He's uh, he. This is a more kind of a contemplative, more meditative. It captures that loneliness of a of a stranger from a strange land. This kid who uh, is a kind of a party career. He's a he's from Mexico and he he's he's he he has to move to New York and he's just homesick. You know, it's like, so. Um, he doesn't want to be in America. He wants to be back to with his friends and and he wants to you know he's in this uh, he's part of this dance dance culture and. I, I I love it. I mean, I just identify it, and I. Uh, so that's my number six pick. Uh, my number five pick. Um, this movie just came out of nowhere. This movie was kind of disregarded or just discarded, and it was kind of re- released into the ether without much much thought, much regard. And I hope people find this because I think this is a great gem of an indie film. Uh, this left me with a nagging question. When did Adam Brody become this good of an actor? My number five pick is The Kid Detective. Uh, This is a quirky private detective story that hits like all the right notes for this. uh, And it's an underdog comedy. It has a killer ending. And Adam Brody, uh, you know, he he plays this has-been PI who has peaked too early. And he he was once a small town boy hero. He's now a kind of pathetic 30-something washout. And the whole movie, you know, we're asking ourselves, like, can he pull this off? Can he solve this missing person case? And he gets this kind of redemption. He gets this salvation. And the way Adam Brody plays this character was pitch perfect. And it's a strong directorial debut by Evan Morgan, who is this uh, uh, Canadian filmmaker who's kind of best known for co-writing The Dirties. And this is kind of his, like, uh, star. This is his feature debut, basically. And... I, I really enjoyed this movie, and I hope more people watch it. The Kid Detective, it's, I don't know, it's available on VOD right now. Uh, hopefully, it will go on some of the streaming services soon, but uh, I hope people more people watch it. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, so, that's, that's uh, so Rich, uh, what's your, um, t- uh, what's your, what's your picks for seven, six, and five? All right, seven is the one that I, uh, we saw, we reviewed a while back. And it stuck with me as being one of the better, better films of this that year. And uh, it's Bad Education, Hugh Jackman. Oh. I, 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 it, it stuck with me also. And uh, I, I like the performances and I like the movie. And it's one of those um, movies that uh, you root for the bad guy kind of movies. And, uh, uh, and by the end, it's like, 
I, I don't know. It's it's it educated myself. I don't know. It's <laughs> it, just just the way he did uh, like try to screw everybody on the movie. It's 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 crazy. It's yeah. Uh, it's a good, a really good performance performance by Hugh Jackman. And it's yeah. and it's based on a real story, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, another movie that you recommended to me, which um is number six, uh, which which you, you just talked about, Adam Brody's The Kid Detective. Oh, okay. Um, you you watched it first. You recommended it to me. And it was just it was it was it was great. Uh, I can't I can't I can't believe it was that good. And and, and Brody, I mean, last thing I liked of him was probably Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> uh, and uh, my number five is another movie you mentioned, Promising Young Woman, mm. uh, Carrie Mulligan. I really didn't. Um, I really thought it was going to be you know like you said it was uh, going to be another pretentious uh, Sundance film like Never Rarely Sometimes Always. <laughs> but, but it certainly wasn't it was very entertaining um and it does it did reserve uh deserve a lot, all those rewards and uh yeah it's a very nominations yeah very brilliant script i i love it and i love the third act when it, it kind of shifts tones and it was just just really great stuff yeah all right uh raymond what's your uh your picks for seven six and five okay my number seven uh pick is uh, a movie that you actually told me about, Mike. Um, uh, I, I, when, when you first told me about this movie, I thought it was going to be a, a documentary about like uh, about games and stuff like that. <laughs> but it, it actually turned out to be a a documentary about a, a summer camp and um, and this, during the nineteen seventies about um, teens with disabilities and um, and about how a bunch of uh, of these teens ended up becoming like activists for um, disability rights. And um, it, it was just an outstanding documentary and I'm pretty blown away that it didn't win best documentary. And, and what ended up winning is something about a guy that like has a sexual relationship with a squid. <laughs> well, I'm not, it's octopus, but I don't know if it's a sexual. It's, he had some kind of relationship with us. But, okay, uh, <laughs> see, I don't, I don't <laughs> look. I'm happy that this movie even got nominated because yeah, I remember when, yeah. when I we when I talked to you about it, Mike. We were we were like, this movie's not even gonna get nominated. This movie's gonna be completely forgotten about by the time it gets to the Oscars. Yeah, and it wasn't. It got nominated, and I was really, really happy to see it get nominated. But having it lose to what it lost to is <laughs> almost just oh, why did it get nominated? That makes it almost worse. <laughs> It's a great movie though. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Crip Camp. Crip Camp. Uh, okay. So, oh, did I never say the name? I think I. No, but Crip, it's Crip Camp. <laughs> yeah, it's Crip Camp. Uh, what's your six? What's your next pick? Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, number six. Oh, number six is what actually ended up winning uh, Best Picture. It's No Man Land, uh, mm -hmm. Chloe Zhao's new film. Um, I thought this was an excellent movie. I mean, kind of like what I was saying earlier in the episode, I, it's very much like a, a Terrence Malick film. I love uh, the approach to not using like r real actors. I think it really adds a lot of authenticity to the movie. Um, I, I unfortunately don't like the movie quite as much as Chloe Zhao's previous film, um, The Writer. Mm. But... Um, it's it's another one of it's another it's another movie taking the same approach exploring another type of life that never really gets explored on film taking a very uh cinematic and uh low budget approach and um i i i really love the movie i i think it's it's great number six 
and and my number five movie is a movie that was on uh, Richard's um, honorable mentions. It's uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Oh, you saw that um, movie? Oh, yeah. I I I thought this movie was outstanding. It feels like a movie that his father would have made, like in the eighties, very much like a like a, a videodrome type of movie, but for for the modern day it's kind of like it has a vibe to it it's kind of like a spy movie <laughs> but it's like the it's it's like a, it's a very different it's it's um a very different approach to it and it, it's awesome it's um shocking it's graphic yeah. it's definitely not for kids <laughs> and um yeah, I love it. I think you could definitely. Uh, I I don't think it's a perfect movie. I do I do have some nitpicks with it, but um, it this is going to become a cult classic. This movie. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah, I that's my number five possessor. Uh, incredible movie. Yeah. So, so let's go by one by one by one. Four five four three two one. Uh, my number four. This is a uh, kind of amazing character driven drama, expertly directed by Regina King. I thought she should have gotten nominated. I thought she should have won for this movie. Uh, this is one of the many films that was based on a stage play this year, but to me, this feels more cinematic than other adaptations. Uh, you know, for example, the the, the, the father or Maz Rainey. Uh, but uh, yeah, so no, my number four pick, obviously, One Night in Miami. This is an Amazon Prime Video original. Uh, Kim Powers, you know, his script here, which is based on his play. It's so sharp. It's so good. It's it. This does what good writing should do. It brings up a subject matter, or in this case, like an issue, and then have characters challenge that issue instead of making like you know an argument for it. You know where everyone agrees because agreement agreement doesn't always result in great drama. I think great drama comes from co conflict, and I think. Uh, Malcolm X and Sam Cooke kind of represents this dramatic clash, the ideological struggle to agree. And I, I love how they, they use the, the, this kind of um, this idea that that we need to use collective power to motivate a progressive movement. I love this movie. It has great acting, great directing by Regina King. And I I, I think if anything of 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 the Oscars, um, Regina King should have been nominated. I go, I'm glad that she opened the ceremonies, but I think she should have been at least nominated Nominated because I think she did a wonderful job. I really enjoyed this movie. My number four pick, One Night in Miami. Uh, Rich, what's your number four? Uh, another Round, Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, wow. I, 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 I couldn't... This movie... Uh, made you want to drink? <laughs> Uh, I can't. I can't see uh, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> messing it up. <laughs> uh, I hope it. I hope it takes uh, as long for him to do a remake uh, as much as uh, Akira, <laughs> because I hope this. Um, I hope they put Mads Mikkelsen in, in 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 the cast. Maybe he can play Tommy. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, this this film had um, was phenomenal. Uh, it it won. It won best international film. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I'll drink to that. <laughs> All right. So that was your number four. Uh, Raymond, what's your number four pick? Oh, my number four is uh, a movie that was on your list, Mike. It's um, I'm No Longer Here, Netflix Mexican drama. Um, I, I, just, I love this movie. I thought it was great. I, I, it, 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 it really kind of felt like a, a, a movie that um, like Alfonso Cuaron would have made when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, kind of like, um, 
uh, <laughs> very different approach, but kind of like how I was saying about No Man's Land. Like it's a movie that uh, showcases and highlights, you know, a type of uh, person that you don't, you rarely ever see on uh, uh, portrayed in, in a in a cinematic film, and um, it's the type of people I know. I mean, these are my people. <laughs> I, I I know I know people like this. Mm-hmm. I have, I know I know this story, and um, maybe I'm a little biased in that way, Mm-mm. but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's my number four film. All right, so number three, my number three pick. This is a type of movie I tend to like a lot. It's a character portrayal of a troubled man, a metal rock drummer who's de- desperate to return to normal uh, after losing losing his hearing. He's so desperate to turn, return to normal that he's unable to see his like kind of personal growth. He's really unable to see a, this new future where he can actually be happy. If only he was willing to let go of his past. My number three pick is Sound of Music. This is another Sound of Music. Sound of, metal. Oh, sound of Music. Yeah, yeah. Sound of, sound sound of Metal. Uh, okay, wait, wait, really quick, really quick. This is your number three. This is my number three. Then let me cut in really quick this because this is also my number three. And it's also my number three. Oh shit! How did that come? How did that happen? Well, well just you talk, Mike. Okay, you so, talk for me. Okay, so this is a, a, a original Amazon Prime video. I, I think from from this movie, I had I have earned new respect for Riz Ahmed as an actor. Well, have you ever seen the movie Four Lions? Yeah. No, I, I never saw Four Lions, but um, well, he, you need uh, to watch Four Lions. That's his second best performance. Okay, that was more of a satirical comedy, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's still great. I've been wanting to see Nightcrawler forever. You know what? Oh yeah, yeah. Man, he's incredible in that movie. I got what you know what? about that one. Yeah, maybe this is the reason why I didn't have that much respect for him. I only seen him <laughs> in like Rogue One or something, but. <laughs> He is he's phenomenal in this movie and he does I mean I think I think he you could you could argue that he could have easily won the best actor award too I mean if yeah. it didn't go to Chadwick yeah. but uh, uh, well, I thought his performance was just as good as Chadwick's like it was a, it was a tie for me but I obviously wanted Chadwick to win Yeah yeah I mean I, I just did not know that he was able to pull he, that he could pull a character off like this and he you know rightfully deserves his Oscar nomination we should really see a character who's so uh, unable to he, you know he's so desperate to return to normal after you know does he loses loses his hearing and i i think that i think that's going on with people today they want to return to the sense of normalcy i think this is kind of relates to what's going on now in america with a lot of uh, a lot of groups of people they want to return to the sense of normalcy and they just can't see what the future holds and they're afraid of the future or they're afraid what the, what, what the present is, you know, it's, I, I think it speaks, it's not just about a guy who just l- loses his hearing. It's, it speaks to a lot of issues that's going on in, in uh, right now. And I think it's a, a, a tremendous, uh, tremendous film or Raymond, what's your thoughts on uh sound of metal? Yeah. I thought it was an absolutely, absolutely incredible film. I love the, uh, really the, the movie's use of sound, which I think, yeah, because I, I I like the, I love I love the movie I love the movie because it's about a, a person that's you know he's he's passionate about something he's good about something he's like dedicates his life to something and then it gets just gripped away that's the same reason why I loved Chloe Zhao's previous film The Writer it also mm-hmm. deals with something very mm-hmm. similar uh, they both take very different approaches to the film but uh, I mean that's a big part that's why I love the Sound of Metal I could relate with to that and I th- I think. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just I get uh, I get wrapped up in it and in the story and the character going going through that. But what made the movie very very unique is the the use of sound, which I think is 
unlike anything we have ever seen in the film before, mm-hmm. and which I think makes the movie um, a little extra memorable and makes it, it gives it like this extra layer where um, I think the movie will will be remembered, you know, for for years to come. It's I think it's it's a classic. Yeah. More people still need to discover it, but it's a classic. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on your number three pick, Sound of Metal? Yeah. Um, I- yeah, it's 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 very good. I really wanted to like it as much as like I liked, you know, um and, and it was. I mean, it it's I liked it's all gone Pete Tong as well and it's basically <laughs> the same film. <laughs> but um but yeah, um uh, Riz Ahmed did a fantastic job and uh I, I he he did deserve his uh Oscar nomination of course. But um I didn't I didn't believe he was a drummer. <laughs> Oh. And and uh, I, st- I certainly didn't believe Olivia Cook was a, a singer at all. Oh, well, we should mention that Paul Racy. Paul Racy was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was deaf for sure. <laughs> well, he, and and Lauren Ridloff, I was hoping she would get a bigger part. She's the one who's currently alive, who's in The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and um, and she's going to be in Internals. Then yeah, and uh, I was hoping she was in. She had a couple more scenes, but no. But yeah, the, the movie is fantastic. I mean, it's 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 two it's a little over two hours, and it's 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 for what Riz goes through. It's it's thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, and it's available now on Amazon Prime. So please watch that movie. It's great. Uh, and watch it's all gone, Pete Tong. <laughs> which I don't know where you can find that movie. I think that's very hard. It's very obscure. I, I, I don't know where you can find that movie. But if you can find watch it, watch the that writer. too. I watched a writer. That's uh, all right. So my number two pick. This is kind of a more typical American immigrant story. Uh, this is about someone. You know, this is about coming to America and find that better uh, future. It's kind of more. Yes, it's more conventional, but I. That doesn't mean it's it. This movie is contrived or derivative. I I, I love how this movie kind of explores small town America, but through the eyes of this Korean family who are trying to be farmers. My number two pick is Minori. I think if you're from any, um, uh, uh, if you're a member of any American immigrant family, I think you could relate to this. It's about because it's about struggle, it's about compromise, it's about the give and take of of, of a marriage. It's also about keeping a damn eye on that grandmother yes. <laughs> before she does something stupid yes. and ruins everything. But it's it's a really strong film about uh, people, about family who are tight knit. And who who could who could really accomplish anything if they just keep themselves together and really kind of hold on? I I I, I adore this film, and 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 Stephen Yoon is great, and you know the the grandmother is, is fantastic. She won an Oscar, and I wish this was uh, the winner for best picture because yes. I think this deserves to be uh, the best picture winner than No Man's Land. But yeah, when you talk about twenty twenty, it's going to be uh, Minari to me. Minari. Yeah, uh, when I think of 2020, it's going to be Minari. Uh, Rich, what is your number two pick? It's Minari as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a perfect film up until the very end. <laughs> uh, the, uh, which is not that bad. I saw, which I saw coming. Yeah, which I saw which, coming, that's, but that's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. No, it, it's not. It's my, it's my t- number two film. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, 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 it's almost perfect. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's, it, it's very good. I mean, and... Uh, yeah, all direction, written, and acting performances all around. Fantastic. And even the score. Yeah, the score was great, but the cinematographer deserves the nomination or at least some recognition. He, It was a beautiful-looking film. I love yeah. the look of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Raymond, what's your number two pick? Uh, my number two is uh, Pixar's Soul. 
Oh, mm. shit. Um, yeah, uh, I just, uh, I think this is Pixar's, uh, one of their best movies. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's been a while since they made something um, this, this original. Um, because even, even like the last movie that they made that I really loved, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a very original movie. This, this was, this was, this is probably the most original thing they've ever done. And it's the most mature movie they've ever done. And I, I think it's, um, an, an outstanding, incredible achievement from Disney. Yeah. I think visually, I think visually it's one of the better Pixar films. Probably the best visually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I, I had some problems with it, but I'm, uh, for the most part, I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. And uh, um, yeah, I I think it's a f- solid, solid film. Number one. Number one. Who's going first? Rich, you go first. Go, go, well, count down to the 10 to 10 extraction. Nine, Borat 2. Eight, The White Tiger. Seven, Bad Education. Six, The Kid Detective. Five, Promising Young Woman. Four, Another Round. Three, the Sound of Metal, two, Minari. And my number one is One Night in Miami. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Regina King robbed in every, this whole movie was Amazon to blame. I mean, this whole movie deserves way more accomplishments than it got. I mean, it, to lose the best song. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, uh, mm. this uh, this film deserves more. Were any of the actors nominated? Yeah. Uh, um, Leslie Jones. Leslie Le- Odom. Leslie Odom. Yeah. Leslie Odom. Yeah. Um, he was the only one? I think he was the yeah. only one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was like probably my least favorite of the five. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been a fan of uh, Regina King since 227. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and acting wise, she's, you know, she's always great. Yeah. She she deserves all the awards she's already won. Mm-hmm. And uh, this film, which was her debut, was more, it was, it, it was perfection. Yeah. This movie was perfection. And, and, and I saw her um, um, directorial debut in Southland. When she was directing uh, TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, which we were we, which we were a fan of. And then she also directed a couple of um, episodes of, um, uh, of television that we we were fans of. Also, Animal Kingdom being one recently, and uh, This Is Us, and your favorite show, The Good Doctor. <laughs> That she directed? I, I didn't realize. She brought out performances that were phenomenal for each of four, all, all four um, actors. And uh, and the script, I mean, she, she must have, you know. Well, it, it was Kim Powers. His, yeah. His script. And and, and uh, the way she interpreted that script was excellent. I think she was able to bring, I mean, like the sequence where Malcolm X describes Sam Cooke's uh, concert. Right. Where they, when Sam Cooke loses the 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 sound and the mic and he has to he's on the stage and he's asking the audience to clap along with him as he sings a, a song a cappella and it was all done in flashback and it was all done in in this room and I mean it's it's very cinematic it's a really great moment in that movie but it could easily be done as 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 horrible as it did it was at uh on um Chicago Seven or whatever. Right, right. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been like a kind of really cheesy montage scene. Mm-hmm. But I totally blame Amazon for this, 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 this screw up. I mean, this, this deserved more eyes on it and uh, more attention. And uh, um, um, 
I don't, it's, yeah, I don't, it's really and look, sad. it's available now on Amazon. Please watch it. Watch it. I don't know if more. I don't know if people are really watching this movie, but I hope people really watch it. Uh, Raymond, what's your number one? Uh, count down to ten, and then uh, re- re- reveal your number one. All right, my number ten is the father. Number nine, uh, Borat. Uh, number eight, The Five Bloods. Number seven, Crip Camp. Number six, No Man Land. Number five, Possessor. Number four, I'm No Longer Here. Number three. Uh, Sound of Metal. Number two, Pixar's Soul. Uh, and my number one is a, a movie that you guys both had at number two. It's uh, Minari. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily even have the, the problem Richard has with the <laughs> ending of the movie. I think it's actually a, a, a perfect film. Um, yeah, it, it was really close for me all, as well. It was really close. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't have any issue with it. I think you know they, uh, we see it coming because they set it up, and they, and then they don't even like set it up like one, one scene before. They set it up like way, way, way early in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought I have no issue with it. For me, it's, I, it's, it's an absolute, a ten, a ten out of ten film. Um, it's an American classic. I mean, I'm, I agree with everything Mike said. I don't want to extend <laughs> it. I don't want to make this too long. But uh, can we agree that this, this, this year, whole year is not a, a parasite year this is not a 10 movie 10 star uh, year i think i think minari is really it's just yeah, as good as we, parasite to you yeah but for different reasons i mean this is more focused on like character i mean and and, and parasite i i'm not trying to cr- criticize the movie because i think it's going for something much different but i don't think the characters in that movie feel as real as like the characters in minari they're both going for different things and okay. i think they're both tens at, at what they're going for Okay. All right. I agree. I mean, I, I, I think this year was, I mean, people have complained about this year that maybe they should put an asterisk on this year because of the COVID. I don't think so. I think that there's a lot of great films this year, but there's just not typically are the blockbusters this year. You know, the blockbusters. Yeah, that's, this year. The, that's, that's all. That's it. That's well, all. I'm just saying in my letterbox, none of them got five stars. <laughs> oh well that's you you're just a hard uh, person yeah, to please that's, i'm waiting for uh, oh parasite got five stars <laughs> i mean but but you know 2019 was such a you know well you different... shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to expect to give five stars to a movie every year yeah i don't think we should necessarily expect a masterpiece every year i mean i, I wasn't expecting a movie like minaria that was a total surprise 2019 yeah. is such a kind of weird year that it, like there was a lot of really great 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 films in that year i mean this this there was a point there was a point where like i thought like oh man palm springs and like big adolescents (laughs) are going to end up being the best movies of the year but i mean we had a lot of movies ended up coming out towards the end yeah it could could have easily been uh, like best picture this year would have been you know uh uh bad boys for life All right, so l- let me go with my list. Uh, let me go with my number one. So let me start with my number. No- oh, you haven't you haven't done your number one? No, yet. no I haven't done my number one yet. Uh, let me. I let we me... Were done. We were celebrating <laughs> done episode. Let me quickly run down my top ten. Uh, number ten, Greyhound. Number nine, Mank. Number eight, Pieces of a Woman. Number seven, Promising Young Woman. Number six, I'm No Longer Here. Number five, The Kid Detective. Number four, The uh, One Night in Miami. Number three, Sound of Metal, not Sound of Music. <laughs> number two, <laughs> Minori, and uh, my number one is a film, or is a is a film that I probably was number one for for the good part of 2020. I, it never dropped out of the number one spot for me, and I should say that in 2020, I think like I think 2020 
more than any other year in my life, I became more politically aware of issues. And like in 2020, like a lot of people, we see the protests in the streets. We see that we read the logo, the slogans. We we hear the the rallying cries. And so the question is, what do we do next? What is the next step? And I think this documentary. Uh, through... Let me predict it. Let me pre- let me predict. <laughs> let me predict your number one. I thought it was Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> no, no, his, his Michael's number one. If I know, if I know, if I know my brother, <laughs> his number his number one film is the is the 2020. Uh, released by Dinesh D'Souza Trump card. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> no, I think this documentary, this documentary through the <laughs> Dinesh, I think this documentary through this historical lens of the disability revolution of nineteen of the nineteen seventies, kind of offers a, us a blueprint br- of what what could be done or what was done through organizing through community activism. I think this is also a stark reminder that change doesn't happen overnight. It happens through hard work, and it happens over through many years, decades, even of hard organizing smart protesting smart protesting and uh you know solidarity with other organized protest groups and uh my number one pick is crib camp a disability revolution which is a netflix original film uh this is a this is a film that's you know starts off as a kind of a you know scrapbook it starts off with this kind of loving portrayal of this camp where for a summer camp for young disability uh, kids and then it goes into the second part of the, this documentary where it goes into this history of this uh, activism. And I think the third act of this movie or the third part of this, you know, the ending of this movie, it was so kind of uh, memorable for me. I mean, there's footage of here of a demonstration called the Capitol Crawl in 1990, which they were fighting for the Disability Act of 1990. And this is where a physical disabled activist leaped out of their wheel- wheelchairs and others dropped their 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 crutches and they started to crawl the steps of the Capitol building in this massive protest and it's an image that I would never forget there's an image of this young girl of a second grader i think her name was uh, Jennifer Cleland and she is crawling she's i think she has uh, cerebral palsy and she is crawling uh, on the steps of the Capitol building with her hands and knees and she's begging for civil rights and it's an image that i won't won't forget it, it, it's it's a um <laughs> it's a, a very emotional uh image uh, you got these activists who are just fighting for their lives and fighting to be seen and i think it's a beautiful movie I think it really, really kind of uh, deals with the times that we're living in right now. And I think it's a beautiful documentary. And it should have won the Oscar. And um, that's on my number one pick. Crip Camp on Netflix right now. But it doesn't have octopuses in it. It doesn't have. No, there's no octopus. <laughs> no octopus. It's That's the only thing that's uh, making it uh, from a near perfect movie. <laughs> I need some more octopus love. <laughs> That's our favorite films of 2020. And, uh, and so, some of 2021, I guess. <laughs> and Rich picked a couple of films from 2021. Hey, some of the odds. <laughs> so uh, that was it. Unless you want to add something else, you, that's it for this episode. That's it. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, all right. So, Rich, uh, to tell the people where they can find our previous episodes if they want to hear other old episodes of Inside Flicks. Uh, you can listen for us at uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, 
Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and find all our links on InsideFlix.com. All right, there you go. All right, thank you for listening to InsideFlix. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode, hopefully sooner than later. All right, bye-bye.